All right, wonderful singing. Thank you for that. Well, let's turn our Bibles, please, to Genesis chapter 32 this evening. Good to see you tonight. Thanks for being faithful in your place. And um, already got good news. I was walking up to my seat over there, and Azariah told me, you don't need to worry about dinner tomorrow night. Mum's already cooked dinner. What a blessing my parents are. I, I, I say that because I know that that would, then, that would then cause them to cook us more dinners. So just, you know, every time I compliment, I worked at a system and uh, my mum's laughter has affirmed that tonight. But glad, glad that we can be together and glad for the blessings of the Lord. But Gen- Genesis chapter 32, we're going to read a couple of uh, verses here from verses, uh, verses 24 to 32 and just an interesting portion of scripture. And um, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know if you're a, a natural problem solver. I think there's, there's, there's one in, in each marriage, isn't there? And, and sometimes, as men particularly, we just are prone to just want to solve the problem. And sometimes we're, we're sitting there with uh, our, our, our wife and we're, we're just listening a little bit and suddenly we're straight away into problem-solving mode and we're suddenly giving advice, logical, illogical, scriptural, opinionated, everything else, and we're straight into problem-solving. And, and you ever been stopped by your wife and said, can you just listen? And sometimes they just want someone who will listen. But I think, I think all of us here at some point, we just sometimes go into a problem-solving mode. We want to solve problems and, and we're presented with something that maybe is, is a little challenging or sometimes a little bit where th- there needs to be some sort of solution, we can sometimes go straight into some problem solving. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes that is what is required. And yet we would all admit that there's situations in our lives and times where, where God puts us in a place where it's not so easy to solve. Sometimes God puts us in a place that would cause us to pause and maybe even stay up at night, and maybe even lose sleep over. And, and some, some things are complicated. Some things have no guarantees of maybe even being solved that quickly and that easily. And, and sometimes we, we get into places and, and times in our lives where we're just facing a difficult thing. And, and this is where we find Jacob, really, we find Jacob now, uh, after many years away from, uh, from his homeland, he had run away, of course, having deceived his, his father into giving him the birthright. He had gone and, and, and found himself now, after serving those years for two wives, and, and, then, and then finding a way to gain wealth, as we read about this morning. And now he's coming away, not just Jacob, but a whole, whole tribes of, of his, his own children, his own wealth of all of the, the agricultural wisdom that God had given him. And now he was finding himself feeling, in a, in a sense, forced to run away again. Forced to run away now back to what he knows to be best, back to his homeland. But there's only one problem. He had to face someone that he didn't want to face, who he ran away from the first place. That was Esau. And he didn't know, he wasn't sure the last time he heard from Esau, there was death threats and everything else that happened. And 
And now he hears along the grapevine that not only is Esau coming after hearing that he was going to return, but 400 men, and, and that's never really a, uh, something that you will want to hear, 400 men are going to come and welcome you. And so Jacob's mind starts to race. He starts to figure out, wow, well, Jacob, uh, Esau mustn't be very pleased with me. And so what does he do? He concocts a plan. He goes into problem-solving mode. Puts a plan together. He says, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to send some gifts ahead of time, and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure to appease him before he even meets me. And then just, to, just in case, we're going to split up, uh, split up the, the family into, into two, and you go this way and you go that way if they come to attack. And, and, and you know, sometimes we're that way. We're confronted with a, a very real situation, and we start to make plans. We start to make some permutations about the different perplexities of life and And we can get into that, and yet sometimes that's not God's purpose. You know, it might just very well be that he brings us to the place where we get to a point where we feel very alone. And, you know, oftentimes when the decision is yours to make, when it is the thing that is confronting you seems unavoidable and unsolvable at the same time, and it's on our shoulders, it's so often that that's where we feel, man, that's... That's on us. And Jacob certainly felt that way as he gets to this point. He tells his family, go back over the brook Jabok and, and go and settle there and finds himself alone. And no doubt he had a small army with him probably to, to sort of bodyguard him along the way. And he sends them back over the, the brook and he finds himself alone. But knowing that there was a threat, suddenly someone's wrestling him. And he finds himself alone, and then suddenly, here's where we pick it up in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to bless as we we glean some some lessons from this story here this evening. Father, we love you. Again, we want to thank you, dear Lord, for the, Lord, the, the fact that, Lord, you know our frame, that we're but dust. And yet, Lord, in your goodness and grace upon us, you, you give us life and you give us purpose and you give us direction. And Lord, you give us a a life that could be lived for you. And Father, we're thankful, dear God, that in every situation, you know what's best. And you know the reality, Lord, of of where we're at. And I pray that you would please help us, Lord, this evening to, uh, Lord, to know know the the very lessons that you would have for us in in your word tonight. I pray that you'd, you'd, Lord, allow us, Lord, to learn some things that we could perhaps take now or, or even bank away for times where we find ourselves a little bit, a little bit perplexed about how to go forward and, and what tomorrow holds. I pray that you'd help us then to realize, Lord, some things that you have in those situations that, Lord, we can be comforted by and that we can be helped by. And so I pray that you'd please bless as we have this time in your word tonight in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And, you know, there's been times in my life that has caused me not to sleep. You know, the, I hear some 
some fellas who can't sleep before their wedding day and they have all of these butterflies in their stomachs. Personally, I wasn't like that. That was the best night's sleep I've ever had. I was just looking forward. I was going to marry that lady over there and I was just glad for it. But there's other times in my life where I knew I just, I just could not sleep. There was a particular time I was really young in the, in the ministry and as I mentioned before, the, really the, my entrance into the ministry was in the Christian education space and my pastor at the time had asked me to, uh, to, to look into how to start a Christian school and I did that as a 20-year-old and began to research that. And I remember we got to the place where we had prepared all of the, all of the material that we needed, all of the documentation and, and uh, we had uh, had taken me months and months, uh, nearly up to a year of just preparation for that. And finally, the day would come when the New South Wales Board of Education was going to come to our offices and inspect every detail of that document. Now, who here likes to deal with government when they have the decision to make? None of us do. We don't like that. There's just there's, there's this, this trepidation that filled my heart that night. I remember just staying up all night, looking over every piece of document that we had printed out, just double-checking there was no silly typos or uh, simple errors, but also just the, the, the general direction of that. But I remember just that impending doom feeling, just that pit of my stomach, like, what, what, what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, one whole year's worth of my, my, my work and everything that I had gone through, all of the, the conversations that I had, every piece of resource that I had sat down and read, and every policy and procedure, and every, every single word was all going to be scrutinized, and in one foul swoop, it could have all just been swept aside and said, no, not good enough. And I remember feeling the pressure of that. I remember feeling very, very much that I hadn't done enough, and, and I remember going through every situation in my head, like, did I do this, and did I do that, and maybe I should have approached it this way. Maybe I should have used this kind of, uh, this kind of approach, this kind of tact, and I had no real experience in that. It was just new. But I knew this was the next step, and this was something that I couldn't avoid. If this was something that, that God was in, and I was going the right direction, this was going to be something I would have had to face at some point. And I remember getting up and that morning again, just, just uh, I felt like I didn't sleep a wink, and I probably didn't. I just, the night just went. And, and all of that to say that sometimes there's situations in our lives that we just feel that way. There's times where we just, there's things that are coming up in our horizon that we just can't avoid. And here in this intersection in Jacob's life between really his past, his current, and his future, all of that came to a head to this time where he was going to confront Esau again. And again, the last time he saw Esau, he was someone that was just ready to take his head off. He was going to be someone who was going to be an adversary to his brother Jacob, and in this moment that we read about, we get a glimpse of what Jacob was going through and, and what God did to address it. And, and, you know, sometimes when we go through these kinds of circumstances, we're fairly certain that the only way we're going to survive it is if God something does, with the, does something with the circumstance. And yet what we find is it's, that wasn't it. What we find, firstly, was Jacob was alone. And you know, you're going to feel alone in those times. You're going to feel like there's no one else that can help, and maybe there isn't anyone else to help. You're going to find yourself feeling very much like 
you, you, you would have no other recourse than to just face this on your own and face this on yourself. And yet what we find here is, is Jacob was left alone, but then he wasn't alone for very long. What we find is that he starts to feel a wrestle. They wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And what we find later on as he names this place Peniel, and we know that he wrestled with God. He had seen God face to face. And it is an amazing thing that in this time where really Jacob wrestled with himself alone, he actually found himself now wrestling with God. And what we find here is that being alone wasn't enough. You know, sometimes the most dangerous situation you can find yourself in is just being alone with your thoughts. <laughs> Anyone understand that? You know, our, our thoughts start to then germinate, germinate different imaginations, and suddenly what, what was already a perplexing situation, because of our own permutations and our own plans, suddenly it becomes even more complicated. Suddenly those imaginations take over, and, and, and what we find here was Jacob was left alone. And, and whilst I, I say it's, also, it's a dangerous time, it can also be a productive time. I think sometimes the reason why we can't, can't think through situations is we never find ourselves alone anymore. We're so connected in this world of ours with different, different things that can distract us. But what we find is that it just wasn't enough. Jacob alone in, in, with his thoughts, it, it wasn't enough. But it was enough that he was alone with God. Because here's the thing, Jacob, through the power of his own mind, he, he had already formulated uh, different plans, and, and he really to appease Esau. What we find that is Jacob was always someone who was a little bit devious. He always seemed to have some sort of plan. You know, he even was found to have the birthright. Why? Because he went with a plan. He deceived, and through his own means and some suggestion from his mother, he was able to gain the birthright. He was a clever man. What we know about Jacob is, is that somehow he figured out, and we know God allowed that, and God gave him, but we see that Jacob was able to, in his own, somewhat in his own power, was able to figure out some things agriculturally. And what he did was he understood he could get to a point left alone to his own thoughts. And I want to tell you, you can as well. You can get so far. You can get so far with figuring things out. You can get so far by just being alone in your, in your own thoughts and your own mind. And it can be dangerous, but it can be productive as well. And you can find a way. But listen, it's not enough when there's some things that, that are confronting you that is above you. And this was a time where Jacob was left alone, but he had to wrestle with God. And here's the point I'm making. Being alone with your thoughts isn't enough until you get alone with God. You've got to get alone with God. You know, um, there, there's many of us who just are in that problem-solving space and Maybe you're, you're a person who likes to list things, which way you can go, what ways you can deal with things. And often maybe you don't sleep until you've figured something out. And, and you know, so many of us are that way. But the Bible reminds us in Luke chapter 12, verses 25 to 26, and which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? You know, there was a time in my life I wanted to be six foot one. 
That was my dream height. And I, I told God selfishly, if I'm six foot one, that means you're going to call me to the NBA. All right? That was, I was going to play basketball professionally. And, and obviously, I'm not six foot one, so therefore God said, no. All right? You're not good enough. But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more it didn't add. <laughs> add an iota to my height. It, it just was, and it's impossible. There's things that we can't do just through thought. He says, if you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Why is it that we just simply think that it's enough that we're just alone with our thoughts and alone with our plans and permutations and, 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 and through thought, somehow we can solve some of, the, some of the most complex things in our lives. And I'm saying it's not enough to be alone with your thoughts, but it is enough to be alone with God. It is enough to get alone with God. And you know what alone times with God are? It's an opportunity actually to get a hold of God. And it's what happened here. He got a hold of God. He says later on in verse 30, it was Peniel. He named the place for I have seen God face to face. And, and many in, in other places have conjectured whether this was simply an angel or a Christophany, a pre-incarnation appearance of Jesus. But we know for sure here that Jacob in his witness, he says he saw God face to face. He saw God. It wasn't just some, some representation of God. It was God. And there he got alone with God. There he, he, he found himself wrestling with the, the, very, the very things that he had to wrestle for. And, and Jacob's found himself thinking alone. But really, what he needed to do was just be alone with God. And you know, that's where we have an advantage to the rest of the world, you know, the, the world only has their thoughts. But you know what we have? We have, we have God. And sometimes the best thing we can do is not to think alone, but sometimes it's the best thing to do is to pray alone. It's to wrestle with God in prayer, to wrestle with Him in who He is and what He means and, and, and what He means for this time. And even the Lord Jesus in His most, uh, most needy hour where He understood that He was to face the cross and He understood that He was gonna, uh, about to take on all of the sins of the world. What did He do? He got alone. He went a little further and He prayed. You know, many times we, again, just get alone in our thoughts and we get bogged down in, in just the problem solving and the, the planning and the permutations that, that we can come with. But we have this great resource of, of praying and prayer is the thing that prevails. It's not our plans or perplexities. It's our alone time with God. And we've got to get alone. We've got to get to, uh, get to that place where we understand that, that when we're wrestling with things that actually we need to wrestle with God more. And you know, alone times, it helps us clarify actually what's truly needed. Because Jacob didn't fully understand what was actually involved here. You see, in verse 20, look at, look at his concern. Go back there. He says in verse 18, Then thou shalt say, They be thy servants, Jacob, servant Jacob's. It is a present unto my Lord Esau, and behold, also he is behind us. So, He's sending forward the, the gifts, and so commanded he the second and the third, and all that followed the droves, saying, On this manner shall you speak unto Esau when you found, find him. And verse 20, And say ye moreover, Behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me, and afterward, notice this, I will see his face. Peradventure he will accept me. And you know what he was afraid of? 
He was afraid of seeing Esau's face. That's what he thought he needed to do was to meet Esau face to face. And, and he will in a little while. But you know what he, he finds firstly here in verse 30? And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face. You know what he thought he, he, the, his, his greatest need was, was to deal with Esau and see him face to face. But actually the greatest need in his life in that moment was to see God face to face. You know, many times we think if we could just eyeball our problem, if we could just eyeball that situation, if we could just see it for what it is and, and what the outcome will be, that that's what we need. But listen, what God needs for us and what we need for that situation is actually to see God face to face, to have an experience of God and to have an understanding of who God is and, and what God means in that moment. And we see that Jacob, his, his need was clarified. This was the main issue ahead. Remember, Jacob, his name means to supplant. You know, he was one who got ahead instead of, he grabbed Esau's heel. He got ahead of him in the birthright, uh, birthright uh, in his birthright. He, his name also means overreach, someone who can outwit. And that was his character. That was his nature. But God had something else for him. You know, sometimes, again, when we're going through, when we're going through situations, we just, we just want God to do what we want. I remember just going through some things in, in 2017. There were some major things that had happened. There were some things that I was really just discouraged about. There were some things I was questioning God over. And you know, I remember just sitting year on year. It, was, it, it took a, a little while. I was just going through some things. Just in my heart, in, in disappointments, in some things that I thought, you know, why would God do that? And I remember just going through, and, and I remember sitting on a balcony in 2019, two years later. And I sat down, I was overlooking this, this view, and I remember reading through some scriptures and God saying in my heart, are you done? Are you done? Because this isn't about, this isn't just about this circumstance. <laughs> and he was saying, you're missing the point. And I remember just sitting there praying for a little while and just, just sobbing a little bit uncontrollably. And God was just beginning to help me get some clarity about what he was actually doing. And really that brings me to, the, to my second point because at the end of it, you know what we find is that, is that he, was, he was pretty determined. You know, verse 25, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, notice this, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. You know what, what he was, Jacob was pretty determined in this moment. You know, I mean, if you're, you felt like your life depended on it, you'd be pretty determined too. And sometimes that is our solution to a problem. That is our solution to something that we can't seem to shake is, is this We'll just show some determination. And you know, that is, that's a good trait, isn't it? It's good for us to endure. That, that, is a, that is a godly trait. And determination is good. But you know, determination in the face of difficulty isn't always the answer. It's, you've just got to be determined with God. And this amazing scene, it was highlighted 
I think by the determination Jacob showed to the point that, that actually God impaired Jacob. The Bible tells us that, that God touched there the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. You know, God had to do something to him to just get his attention a little bit. And he dislocated his hip. Now, I don't know if anyone's, who's, who's ever dislocated anything? Anyone? Was it fun? No. It was painful. Now, I've never dislocated anything. Th- uh, thankful to the Lord for that. May it be that for the rest of my days I don't dislocate anything. But you imagine that, that this major muscle and this major bone in your body, imagine that being dislocated. And what it was, his thigh was taken out of joint. Imagine that being pulled out of its socket. And, and what happens with that is all, all of the, the, your lower extremities as a, as a person is so key to actually everything. When you have a lower, a lower body injury, it's more impactful than, than upper body you know, there's those who play professional sport that if they have a shoulder injury, it can get strapped up and off you go. But, but if you have a thigh injury, you just can't go. You've got no power. And actually, in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in Jewish culture, this, the thigh was a symbol of power. Okay, It's where you carried a sword. Right? It often was used when a transaction was being made. Remember Abraham in Genesis chapter 24? In committing his servant to find Isaac, his bride, he said, he said put your hand under my thigh. It was a, 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 the thigh was, a, it was, it was to be a, a picture of power and authority. It was, it was also significantly when Jesus returns, where is his name going to be? Upon his thigh. It also spoke to someone's identity and, and their identity was, was matched to their level of authority. And even, even that, there's a great type there of, of, of someone's power and might and identity. And Jacob was going to approach this transition in his own power. He, he was going to face it whole in himself. He was going to face it determined in his own power and strength but God had other ideas because God didn't want him just determined in his own strength, but determined in dependence upon God's strength. God had to dislocate his hip. He, for the rest of his life, Jacob drug his feet along. This man who so often resorted to running away could no longer run away. He could no longer just, just get around and skirt around the issue No, he had to confront it now because he had a gimp. (laughs) He had a limp. And here he was for the rest of his life. He went about that way. And and what this was is God allowed it. He he allowed it because he needed dependence. That's what was needed. God allows us at times to struggle because in the end, he he wants to show us this, that we need him. That we need him. You see, it's in weakness that God's power is made manifest. And God needed Jacob to feel the wrestle and, and God needed for him to feel the brokenness and the weakness of his, of his own identity, of his own, uh, of, his own, uh, of, of his own situation, of his own powerlessness. He had to uh, help Jacob understand that you're not going to face this as Jacob. You're not going to go forward in, in the same way that you've 
thought you've gone forward. You're not going to say, face this in your own strength. You're going to face this and you're going to be, need to be determined in my strength and in my power in what I've changed you to be. Because at the end of it, what God was more interested in wasn't to alter his circumstance. That wasn't what was important to God. It was altering Jacob's character. Because Jacob, he, he prevails, this supplanter, this, out, uh, this, this overreacher, this, this one who outwitted this heel grabber. In fact, the, the Bible tells us, he, he said in verse 28, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God, and with men hast, hast prevailed. And listen. He came from being Jacob to now being Israel. And you know what God's ultimate goal was? Was to give Jacob power. But to, in order to do so, he couldn't face it as Jacob. He had to face it as Israel. He had to face it as someone who was changed and different. And Jacob's character had to be altered more than his circumstance. And that's what God's end game at times is in our lives. Sometimes he brings us to a place where he'll allow you to face a circumstance you can't control. Why? To show you that you aren't in control. <laughs> that there's things that are beyond you. And Jacob's character had to be altered more than his circumstance. And God left him with a permanent reminder of his need for God. He halted him upon his thigh. He broke him. He altered his identity. <laughs> He altered his, his, his abilities. He altered all of that. And God allowed that struggle to come. Why? So that he can see that he's in need. You know what? Sometimes what God will do is God will allow us to keep walking forward. But now we don't walk forward in our strength. We walk forward with a limp. And it's in the limp that we walk in power. It's in that brokenness that actually we walk in power. And sometimes God will leave you with a permanent weakness. Sometimes a frailty. Sometimes a problem. As a reminder and maybe even a testimony that he is with you and he is the one who matters. That, that whatever you face, if you face it walking with God the way he wants you to walk with him, God's going to progress you through. You know, many times there's, there's, there's been, there ought to be in our lives some, some life-altering moments because Jacob could only become Israel if he was willing to pay the cost. And many of us, I think, we'd rather rely on our plans and permutations rather than the permanent, the permanent changes that God has to make in us. You see, you may ask God to change your circumstance. And you know, God in his wisdom and grace, he might. But I'm telling you, if he doesn't, and he puts you through a, a, a time where you're going to be confronted with a reality, then what God is actually wanting is he wants to change you instead. And maybe you are at a time where you're facing something daunting. Maybe, maybe it's not now, maybe it's later. I want to tell you that, that God means to, God means to prepare you for it. 
And God means to bring you forward, but you're going to do it His way. And you might have to do it with a limp. You might have to do it with some sort of frailty instead. You might have to do it with a, a bit of a, a weakness that has been exposed. You might have to do it with a, with a, a limp instead of a gait. You might have to do it with, with some sort of disfigurement in your, in, your, uh, in, in your personality and in your confidence. But all along you have power with God. Why? Because now you've learned that it was all about God all along. No, it was actually, it was in his power that we need to progress and we need to move forward. You know, and I wonder what's ahead for you. I wonder what challenges are in the horizon that you're going to need to face. Don't just get alone. Get alone with God. Don't just get determined. Be determined in God's strength. And maybe, just maybe, allow him to change you instead of just changing that circumstance that's ahead of you. Let's pray. And Father, we come before you tonight. And Lord, I know that Lord, there's, there's much more that we can say in Lord, the things that Lord, you reveal for us in your word. But Lord, suffice it to say tonight, Lord, there's, there's maybe some who are facing a circumstance that just won't change. And maybe there's a situation that, Lord, they just can't avoid. And in all of it, Lord, the, the, the question can sometimes be, what do I do? And I pray, dear God, that, Lord, in that time, you would just, as we're, we're in alone, uh, alone times, Lord, you would come beside us and, Lord, come in that wrestle. And that we would, Lord, just determine to, to, get, to get from you what we need, dear God. And then, Father, Lord, that we would just be willing we're going to move forward in, in our walk with you, be willing to walk with a limp, to walk with a, a, a recognition that, dear God, we need your strength and your power. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, you'd help each and every one of us. Lord, we don't know what the week brings. We don't know where everyone's at, but, Lord, you know. So, Lord, help us to, to, uh, to Lord, be comforted in knowing that you know and knowing that, that Lord, what is ahead can be faced in your way, and in your power. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.